Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of our award-winning podcast, where we delve into the fascinating world of artificial intelligence and technology. I'm your host, Tom, and I'm Jen, and today we have a truly intriguing topic. FigStep, jailbreaking large vision language models via typographic visual prompts. It sounds like a mouthful, but trust me, it's a captivating subject. Absolutely, Jen. To start, let's break down what a vision language model, or VLM for short, is. A VLM is a type of AI that understands and processes both text and visual information, like images. Right, Tom. You can think of it as a combination of a language model, which processes text, and a vision model, which understands images. Together, they form this super AI that can perform tasks involving both words and pictures. Now onto the juicy part, jailbreaking. No, we're not talking about breaking out of prison, but about breaking the rules set within these AI models. Jailbreaking here refers to exploiting weaknesses in these AI systems to make them do things they're not supposed to. For instance, answer questions that violate their built-in safety policies. And that brings us to FigStep, a clever framework that has been created by researchers to test just how secure vision language models are. FigStep sneaks in forbidden instructions through images. That's right, Tom. Usually these AI models have safety mechanisms to prevent responding to harmful queries. But FigStep sidesteps this by hiding these requests in pictures and then uses innocent-looking text prompts to trigger the AI into giving a response that goes against its policies. The researchers have shown that using FigStep, they could get an almost 95% success rate in making popular open-source VLMs spit out responses they shouldn't. That's a bit alarming. Definitely alarming, Tom. It raises important questions about the safety of these AI models, especially considering that they are being used more and more in real-world applications. To simplify, imagine you have a well-behaved robot that follows all the rules. Then someone finds a way to pass it a secret note through a picture that instructs it to misbehave. And it actually does. That's essentially what FigStep does to these AI models. The implications are huge. It means that even though language models might be securely aligned to prevent harmful outputs when dealing with text, things get shaky when you throw images into the mix. Spot on, Jen. And it's not just about hiding texts in images, it's also about the instructions you pair with those images. The researchers found that asking the AI to elaborate on a list shown in a picture could lead it down a risky path. So what does this mean for the future of AI, Tom? It means, Jen, that as the capabilities of AI grow, so does the need for robust safety measures that cover all types of input, not just text. The FigStep study is a call to action for the AI community to develop safety alignments that handle both text and visuals together. And for all our listeners, remember, as exciting as AI technology is, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to ensure it's used responsibly. It's like having superpowers. You've got to use them wisely. Absolutely, Jen. And that wraps up our deep dive into FigStep, jailbreaking large vision language models via typographic visual prompts. We hope it's given you some food for thought and shed light on an important aspect of AI safety. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. Remember to hit subscribe to not miss out on our upcoming episodes where we continue to unpack the fascinating world of AI. Until next time, I'm Jen. And I'm Tom, saying keep safe and stay curious. Have you ever parked your Skyship 
only to come back and find it's floated three cloud districts over. Ah, the worst. But not anymore, thanks to Cloud Dock Anchors, Inc. That's right, folks. With their revolutionary Skyhook technology, your Skyship won't budge an inch, even if the stratosphere throws a tantrum. Cloud Dock has a custom anchor for every type of cloud, cumulus, cirrus, even those grumpy nimbostratus clouds. An installation is a breeze. Simply deploy your Cloud Dock anchor, watch it cuddle up to your favorite cloud, and voila. You'll be as stationary as Grandma's rocking chair, the one that doesn't rock. Say goodbye to sky-high skyship insurance rates. Cloud Dock Anchors, Inc. has got you covered, literally, in the cloud department. So visit Cloud Dock today, where the skyship stays put. And remember, if it's not Cloud Dock, it's not an anchor. It's just a heavy disappointment. Kickles Cloud Dock Anchors, Inc., proud sponsors of our podcast and your peace of mind in the skies. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to another exciting episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm your host, Tom. She. And I'm Jen. Today, we have something truly mind-blowing for you. We're diving into the fascinating world of real-time neural rasterization for large scenes. That's right, Jen. We're going to break down this incredibly complex topic and explain it in a way that's intuitive and, dare I say, entertaining. Ha! That's the spirit, Tom. Before we jump in, let's set the stage. Imagine you're playing a video game or using a VR simulator. You're moving through an incredibly realistic urban environment at high speed. Exactly, Jen. And the magic behind that seamless and realistic experience is something called Novel View Synthesis, or NVS for short. It's how graphics engines generate new perspectives in a 3D environment, say every time you turn a corner or look around. Now, traditionally, rendering these large scenes quickly and with high realism has been quite the pickle. Older methods just couldn't balance speed and visual fidelity well. It was either fast but fake-looking, or realistic but slower than a snail mailing a letter. But not to fret. Enter NuRAS, our hero algorithm that's claimed to render urban driving scenes in drone footage with more than 100 frames per second, or FPS. That's over 30 times faster than other neural rendering methods, keeping the visuals top-notch. The secret sauce here lies in the combination of neural textures, fast rasterization, and leveraging what's called a scaffold mesh, which is just like a structure artists, artists use to start their sculptures. Now, let's imagine that said scaffold mesh is like a sketch of a city. It's not very detailed, but it gives us the basic shape of buildings, roads, and other objects. What NuRAS does is slap on some neural texture onto this sketch. Think of it as a smarty pants paint that can adjust its appearance based on where you're looking from, time of day, weather, you name it. And that smarty paint is made possible by the magic of multi-layer perceptrons, or MLPs. They're a type of neural network that acts like shaders, the little programs that tell your computer how to draw 3D objects on your screen. And the coolest part is that NuRAS keeps it so real-time by exporting these neural textures and MLP shaders in a way that's compatible with a real-time graphics pipeline like OpenGL. In terms of learning all this, NuRAS is a total bookworm. It learns the best way to paint our city using something called photometric loss. It compares its renders to actual camera images, aiming to reduce the difference between them. And with a cherry on top called vector quantization, NuRAS gets smarter, making the textures even more robust and easier to store efficiently. 
All this nerdy goodness results in a method that's capable of rendering those large scenes at a whopping resolution of 1920 by 1080. And, get this, in real time. Now folks, Nuraz isn't without its limits. It's more like Clark Kent than Superman. It struggles with semi-transparent objects, extreme close-ups or zoom-outs, and those unseen regions. But the potential here is huge, especially for our ML enthusiasts and graphics gurus listening. Nuraz is like the cartographer charting new territories in the land of real-time, high-fidelity rendering. And there you have it, real-time neural rasterization for large scenes, decoded. We hope you enjoyed this techno ride as much as we did. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, and remember to hit subscribe if you're keen on more complex topics turned into podcast gold. This has been Tom. And Jen, signing off. Stay curious and keep rendering. Hold on to your hats, folks, because today's episode is brought to you by... Drumroll, please. Rainbow Lasso Wonders, Inc. Ever find yourself saying, gee, I wish I could snag a piece of that rainbow after a storm. Or maybe you're thinking... My garden party will be a snooze without a personal aurora borealis. Well, worry no more. Rainbow Lasso Wonders, Inc. has the solution to all your chromatic conundrums. With their patented rainbow lassos, you can literally lasso a piece of the sky. Their team of mystical cowboys and unicorn whisperers. Unicorn whisperers, folks. They've mastered the art of wrangling wonders from the great beyond for your viewing pleasure. Want a leprechaun as a party guest? They'll snag you the little guy, pot of gold and all. And let's not forget their tornado tether service. Perfect for when you want to add a swirl of excitement to your outdoor events. Just imagine your neighbor's face when you reel in a rainbow for your backyard barbecue. So for a life less ordinary and a whole lot more extraordinary. Call Rainbow Lasso Wonders, Inc. today and tell them Tom and Jen sent you for a 10% discount on your first Wonder Wrangle. But hurry. This offer is as fleeting as a rainbow itself. Now, let's get back to the show with that spectrum of possibilities lighting up our day. I'm already feeling more colorful just thinking about it, Jen. Now, on to our next segment. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today we've got a fascinating topic, SYNH2R, Synthesizing Hand Object Motions for Learning Human-to-Robot Handovers. It sounds like a mouthful, but we promise to break it down for you in a fun and intuitive way. That's right, Jen. We're looking at a challenge in the world of human-robot interaction, specifically when humans hand stuff over to our metallic brethren. So, Tom, we all know how easy it is for you to hand me a cup of coffee, right? Absolutely, Jen. Unless it's before I've had my own cup of coffee. <sighs> exactly. But for robots, even simple tasks like taking an object from a human can be surprisingly complex. That's where the SYNH2R framework comes into play. Imagine you want to teach a robot to take objects from humans safely and naturally without the robot going all Terminator on us. You might be picturing a human working alongside a robot repeatedly handing over objects to collect data. But here's the twist. That's expensive, time-consuming, and not scalable. Right, Jen. So instead, researchers have come up with a clever way to generate synthetic, or let's say, fake human motions that can be used to train the robot safely in a simulated world. It's a bit like creating a video game where the characters move realistically, but none of it is real. These synthetic motions are designed to be handover-friendly. 
think of it as teaching the robot the art of manners. The SYNH2R framework essentially skips the tedious step of motion capture, which is like putting on a suit with those little reflective balls to record human movements. It's a blend of both an optimization technique, where the robot computes the best movement strategies, and a learning-based method, which is similar to how we learn from experience. They even crafted a virtual environment, a sort of boot camp for robots, where our metal pals practice these handovers with various synthetic objects before they ever see a real human. And here's the kicker. The scientists tested their synthetic trained robot in the real world, and guess what? It nailed it. The robot could handle items with the grace of a butler at a fancy tea party. Indeed, Jen, this research is a game changer. It means robots could help us out in manufacturing, assist the elderly, or even aid in rehabilitation without ever putting a real human at risk during their training. It's like a robot revolution, but in a friendly, helpful kind of way. And that's the beauty of technology, especially when it's used to improve our lives. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Join us again next week when we'll explore more mind-blowing advancements that sound like science fiction, but are actually science fact. Until then, stay curious and keep learning. This is Jen. And Tom signing off. Have a fantastic day. Ever felt like your Frisbee game was a little too down to earth? Then you need to elevate your throw with Saturn's halo hurlers. These aren't your average discs, folks. Nope, they're crafted by space experts. We're talking real life ex-astronauts. With Saturn's halo hurlers, you can swing the ring. And be the king. Each Frisbee shimmers like Saturn's famous rings and comes with a dazzling LED light show. Imagine the awe on your friends' faces as you hurl a gleaming galactic halo through the cosmos. I mean, your backyard. But wait, there's more. Join the Intergalactic Frisbee League and compete for the title of Universal Disc Master. Don't just throw a Frisbee. Launch an adventure with Saturn's halo hurlers. Swing the ring, folks. And be the king. Disclaimer, zero-gravity space boots not included. Saturn's halo hurlers, because why would you throw anything else? Welcome back to our podcast, where we dive deep into the intriguing world of technology and innovation. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we've got a fascinating topic for you. LLM augmented hierarchical agents a mouthful, but definitely a game-changer in the field of artificial intelligence and reinforcement learning. So, let's get started by breaking down the title, shall we? LLM stands for Large Language Models, which are essentially AI systems trained on vast amounts of text to understand and generate human-like language. Exactly, Tom. And when they say hierarchical agents, we're talking about AI agents that can make decisions based on multiple levels of abstraction. Just like in a company, you have the workers and you have the managers. The agents operate on similar, multiple levels. The paper we're discussing was authored by a team from the University of Maryland and Johns Hopkins University, and it's all about making these AI agents more efficient when solving complex tasks. To make it intuitive, think about playing a game where you have to build a house. You wouldn't start by randomly placing bricks and hoping for the best. You'd plan, maybe lay a foundation, then the walls, and so on. Right, and that's what's tricky for AI. These kinds of long-horizon tasks require planning over several stages, which is a tough nut to crack for traditional reinforcement learning, or RL for short. 
but the innovative aspect of this research is the integration of these highly knowledgeable LLMs with RL, combining planning and learning from the environment to solve tasks efficiently. So Jen, how do these LLMs help exactly? Great question. These LLMs are like that friend who's read every book and can suggest various strategies or solutions when presented with a problem. And in the context of AI agents, these LLMs guide a high-level policy, kind of like a manager, by suggesting the most probable courses of action based on their vast knowledge. But here's the catch. LLMs can't directly interact with the environment. That's where RL steps in. The RL agent takes these suggestions and learns through trial and error, exploring these strategies in the actual task environment. The results? Agents trained with this method performed significantly better than other methods, and once trained, they could act on their own without the need for LLMs. To sum it up, this research presents a way of teaching AI agents to solve complex tasks more like humans, with a combination of prior knowledge and learning by doing. And what's more human than that? It's innovation at its finest, using the strengths of different AI approaches to create something greater than the sum of its parts. And with that insightful wrap-up, it's time to conclude this episode. We hope you enjoyed our exploration of LLM Augmented Hierarchical Agents. Stay tuned for more thought-provoking discussions here. I'm Jen. And I'm Tom. Keep questioning, keep learning, and never stop being curious. Until next time. Have you ever gazed up at the stars and thought, hey, I wish I could fly a kite up there? Well, now you can with Galactic Gust Gliders, Inc. Say goodbye to park picnics and hello to spacewalk shenanigans. Introducing the Cosmic Kite, the only kite that comes with its very own black hole tether system. That's right, a black hole. But don't worry, your kite won't get sucked in. It's just there to make sure your galactic gliding is secure as you swoop past Uranus. With the Cosmic Kite's AI-guided navigation, you can glide past galaxies or take a quick dive through Saturn's rings. It's like your personal space roller coaster. And for those who like to leave a mark, the Meteor Tail model will have everyone staring in awe as you blaze through the cosmos with a dazzling trail. With Galactic Gust Gliders, Inc., you're not just flying a kite, you're lighting up the universe. Remember our motto, both soaring through space, one tailwind at a time. So come on, future astronauts, get your cosmic kite today and become the master of the Milky Way. Disclaimer, Galactic Gust Gliders, Inc. is not responsible for any lost kites in black holes or accidental orbiting of celestial bodies. Keep it tuned right here for more space-defying fun and huge thanks to Galactic Gust Gliders, Inc. for sponsoring this interstellar segment of the show. Welcome to another episode of Data Insights with Tom and Jen, where we unravel the mysteries of the tech world and translate them into something we can all understand. That's right, Tom. Today we're diving into something that sounds like it could be quite a mess, data mess to be precise. We're looking at the paper, Towards Avoiding the Data Mess, Industry Insights from Data Mesh Implementations. Data Mesh? Sounds like something you might fish with in the digital ocean. But really, Jen, what's a data mesh? Good question, Tom. A data mesh is actually this cutting-edge concept that's shaking up how companies manage their massive amounts of data. It's decentralized, meaning that instead of keeping data in one giant pool or lake, responsibility is spread out across different areas or domains of a company. So if I'm getting this right, 
Instead of having one team handle all the data in a central warehouse, each team manages their own data like it's a product they're responsible for. Exactly, Tom. And that brings in the idea of treating data as a product, ensuring it's high quality, useful, and most importantly, that it actually aligns with what different parts of the company need. I see. But I imagine that sort of change isn't easy. The paper must have dug into some of the challenges companies face when trying to implement a data mesh. Spot on, Tom. The paper notes that one big hurdle is changing to a federated governance model. That's a fancy way of saying that there's now a shared responsibility for setting rules and standards for data, since it's spread out across different areas. Makes sense, Jen. And it seems this paper didn't just come up with these conclusions out of thin air. They conducted interviews with industry experts to gather real-world insights. And that's invaluable because you're getting information straight from the front lines. The paper even talks about strategies for implementing a data mesh successfully. Like what, Jen? Give me an example. Well, one strategy is to create a cross-domain steering unit. This fancy task force helps guide the transition, providing oversight and ensuring things don't fall into chaos. Right, with great power comes great responsibility. But what's the end goal? Why go through all this trouble? Ultimately, Tom, it's to become more data-driven. A well-implemented data mesh can lead to better access to data, faster decision-making, and higher quality data products, which are huge pluses for any business. And the paper's results reflect that positive impact, don't they? From improved accessibility and data quality to reduced redundancies and a boost in data-driven mindsets. Exactly, Tom. While it's a relatively new concept, there's potential for big wins. And the paper even introduces two archetypes for organizations adopting data mesh. Startups and scale-ups on one hand and established enterprises on the other, outlining how each might navigate the waters differently. Fascinating stuff, Jen. You know, for a topic I knew nothing about a few minutes ago, I feel like I'm beginning to see the matrix code behind this data mesh concept. Then our work here is done, for now. Tune in next time, listeners, for more demystifying discussions on data insights with Tom and Jen. And don't forget to check out our other episodes for more tech topics broken down into bite-sized pieces. Bye for now. Bye, everyone, and remember, keep your data clean and your insights keen. Are you tired of space-time continuum issues messing with your latest fashion statement? Do stellar winds keep ripping your best spacesuits to shreds? Worry no more. With Galactic Zone Zoom, you're in for some intergalactic tailoring mastery. We've harnessed the power of hyperspace thimble technology, folks. That's right, Jen. They'll mend tears in the fabric of space-time itself. Having your cosmic quilt unraveling? Your asteroid knit sweater looking like it faced the wrath of a black hole? With Galactic Zone Zoom, your clothes will be done faster than you can say Big Bang. So fast, in fact, our guarantee stretches across all known and unknown dimensions. Satisfaction faster than light, or your money back in any parallel universe. Plus, if you call within the next 10 light years, we'll throw in antimatter-resistant thread absolutely free. So don't let a supernova burn your wardrobe. Call Galactic Zone Zoom today and experience the universal solution to your sartorial black holes. Brought to you by the only tailors with a cosmos-wide service area. Galactic Zone Zoom, stitching up the universe one galaxy at a time. Thank you.